Greetings and welcome back to Season 2, Episode 24 of the Clarity Podcast. This podcast is all about providing clarity, insight, and encouragement for life and mission. And my name is Aaron Santamire, and I'm going to be your host. Today, we have the phenomenal opportunity to have Dick Foth with us back um, for a session of Back Channel with Foth. And then we'll jump into our interview today with Jared Lopes, where we discuss Dad Tired and why men are hesitant to jump in to be the spiritual leaders of their home. Dick, it's so exciting to be with to have you back with us. Thanks, Aaron. Always a joy to be here. And I got my map of West Virginia behind me now, and um, I feel yeah. like I'm just almost home. So, <laughs> Dick, I got two questions uh, listeners sent in. Um, first one is, recently another prom- very prominent Christian leader was found to be living um, a double life. How do we guard against this? You know, it's very... <clears throat> It's very interesting because I asked somebody years ago when I was in D.C., why do you think when there have been situations with, let's say, TV evangelists who have gone down, so to, so to put it, um, and Billy Graham didn't seem to have that hmm. for whatever reason. Well, he didn't. Right. And early on in his uh, ministerial career, he chose five friends. Yeah. And I don't know that they called it an accountability group, but it, it was friends where they made a covenant about certain things. Yeah. And, and that sort of thing helps. Yeah. So that's one thing. Mm. At least that's my observation. Yeah. And the, the second thing is that you can even be in an accountability group and, you know, people can fool you. Mm. Um, Lloyd Ogilvie was chaplain in the U.S. Senate for eight years, and we were chatting one day, and uh, the pastor of Bel Air Presbyterian was a well-known Presbyterian fellow by the name of Don Muma. Hmm. Don Muma was this handsome UCLA football player. I think he helped start Crusade and all that stuff. And, um, but they were in the same group for years yeah. while stuff was going on with Don Muma, and they didn't... Hmm he didn't know, you know, he hmm. didn't. So, so, you know, we're pretty shifty. Yeah. <laughs> I, think the, I, think the third, I think the key thing is that especially this is true. I, I don't have any stats, but my, my sense is this is true when people get celebrity hmm. in, in anything, hmm. but, but in ministry, um, even more so in some ways. Yeah. And my observation is that when people start believing their own press, hmm. they're in trouble. Hmm. And, you know, sometimes over the years I've been speaking someplace and, you know, it went maybe pretty well. And somebody will come up to Ruth, my wife, and they'll say, oh, honey, it must be wonderful being married to this. And she'll say, <laughs> over here, let me just chat with you a couple of seconds. <laughs> so. So I think I think those things. One is one you have to protect yourself, and that's yeah. primarily it. Yeah. If you don't choose to do it, nobody can make you do it. Yeah. But also, just you know, don't believe all the great stuff people say because yeah. you know better. Yeah, that's true. Good word. Good word. Second question, um, Dick. Uh, the listener sent in was they sent two of them in. Um, do you have any advice on how to talk about uh, these type of things with a, a adult seeker or an older child that has questions about 
something uh, like this. Like that. Well, first of all, I think I think it, it's really important for folks to understand that we live in a broken world. And we need to be not affirming of that, but, but recognize that. And that we are a broken people living in a broken world, right? And so we should not be terribly surprised that things like this happen. We don't want it to. We'd like to believe it wouldn't. But it does, it has, and will again. But, um, you know, my friend Ashcroft, who was on here with us sometime last year, has a, has a thing that he says about the Garden of Eden. And it's, um, there are two voices in the garden. Mm. One is saying, uh, you want to be free, yeah. do whatever you want. There's no, it won't matter. It's okay. Just go yeah. with it. The other voice says, what you do matters. Hmm. So be careful the choices you make wow. because there are consequences. Yeah. And his, his summary of that is, if you don't have consequence hmm. to your actions, you're not free. Wow. That doesn't make you free. What it makes you is meaningless. Hmm. So... Wow. So I think the advice in talking to a, a, a um, one of our children, adult or yeah. otherwise, or adult seeker, is okay. This is true about life. Yeah. On the one hand, and the other thing is also true about life. Yeah. That choices have consequences, just like ideas have. Wow. And we need to constantly be on our guard, and and be um, enthusiastically aggressive about making good choices. That's good. Good word. Well, Dick, it's always gold spending time with you and appreciate you answering those listeners' questions. We're going to jump into our interview with Jared Lopes, um, uh, developer of Dad Tired. Have a phenomenal conversation about with him about why men back away from leadership and specifically spiritual leadership in their home. Well, there's no time better than now to get started. So here we go. Greetings and welcome back to the Clarity Podcast. So excited to be here today with someone I read his book and um, been listening to his podcast and someone that uh, has really challenged me to be uh, step up and be the spiritual leader of my home. Jared Loops, um, so excited to have you on the podcast. Yeah, thanks, Aaron. It's good to be here, man. Um, so, hey, could you just share a little bit about yourself um, before we jump in to all the I got a lot of questions for you today. Yeah. Uh, I live in uh, Portland, Oregon with my wife and four kids. We uh, just had our fourth three months ago. So if you, for anyone that, uh, if they were to see me right now, they'd see deep bags under my <laughs> eyes, gray hairs and all that stuff. So yeah, man, I'm uh, just trying to be the best husband and father I can be. And I'm uh, being saved by Jesus and discipled by him and trying to figure out what it looks like to follow him more closely and um, and I run a ministry called Dad Tired, which is a nonprofit to help men lead their family well. And I'm yeah. li- I'm the mascot for it at this point. So. <laughs> um, could you share about your podcast, um, Jared, um, Dad Tired, and um, and your resources before I'd like to put that in the front? Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. Um, so 
you know, it all, it, most of this came out as a result of a, really an accident. I wasn't trying to start any kind of ministry. I served as a pastor in the church world for about 11, 12 years. And I was a teaching pastor, a community pastor, and um, and then tried to plant some churches with a friend. And that went terribly, um, mm-hmm. real bad. And that's <laughs> the clean version of it. Uh, yeah. Uh, it just, I had heard people say as, when I was serving in ministry, I'd heard people say that they had been hurt by the church or church leadership before. Hmm. And I had worked at some really healthy, great churches. Okay. And so when I had heard that, I thought, ah, it's probably you, you know, yeah. you're probably the one that, you know, <laughs> is the reason. And then I found myself hurt by church leadership. Wow. And, uh, and I was like, oh, this is what those people talked about. And it's actually, yeah. it, it can be deeply hurtful. And for, sure. for me, it really sent me into a tailspin. And I really, uh, I, like I said, I tried to plant some churches with a friend. It ended up going terribly. Some really, really hurtful things were said and happened. Hmm. And as a result, I, um, I found myself not working in the church world for the first time since I was 18. And I was hurting. And I was uh, nobody, I never had a doctor clinically depress, or uh, tell me I was depressed, but I think I showed all the symptoms of depression. Hmm. And uh, I pulled away from my wife. I pulled away from my kids. I was a terrible husband and father. I was lost in my identity and um, just really scrambling. And I, I had made a commitment. I never want to be in ministry again. Um, hmm. I'm never going to do this again. I'm going to start businesses and kind of do my own thing. And I, am I going too long here on this answer? I know. No, I'm, you're I'm, awesome. This is awesome. <laughs> I know it's probably more than you asked for here. No. but. Um, there, so my wife and I were actually in a really, really dark spot. I actually thought we were going to end in a divorce. I was playing out the practical ramifications of what a divorce would look like. Mm. And that's all that my I knew from my family. No, mm. Nobody was married in my family, like had mm. stuck around in marriage. And so I thought this was going to be my story too. I wasn't happy with it, but I thought this is just the reality of my story. And uh, we were in the middle of a fight one day, which for us at that time was pretty normal. And mm. so we were in our bedroom. We were in the middle of a big fight. Uh, she said something and then I said something in response to her on purpose to hurt her in my mm. immaturity and just, you know, being a really dumb husband. Uh, I said something to hurt her and she started to get tears in her eyes, which was pretty, I hadn't seen my wife cry very often. She's pretty strong emotionally. Mm. And she looked at me and she said, Jared, I just want you to know I've been waking up at two in the morning every morning and I go into the living room and I pray. I've been praying that mm. God would capture your heart again. Mm. And you know what, man, I just, I always say I could have handled she cussing me out, you know, like mm. I could have handled a lot of things, but yeah. I was not prepared for that. And wow. I think the Holy Spirit really used that mm. uh, to start chipping away at the hardness of my heart. Yeah. And, um, and so anyway, like a good millennial, uh, I started to process my emotions online and yeah. <laughs> uh, really just on Facebook, just like, Hey guys, I'm struggling. I don't recommend doing that by the way, but that's what I did. <laughs> I struggled and uh, processed my struggles online. And it, in one particular post and little blog post I wrote, I basically said, I feel like I'm a terrible husband and dad, mm. but I don't want to be. It was more wow. elaborate than that. But it ended up getting shared tens of thousands of times, mm. uh, being read millions of times. I didn't know anything about like things going viral or any right. kind of thing like this. But as a result of that, what happened is guys came, started messaging me and say, hey, man, I feel the same way. I don't wow. feel like I'm the dad I want to be or the husband I want to be, yeah. but I'm not, I'm not ready to give up yet. Yeah. And, um, that, you know, you know, long story short here was a, uh, was a short story long, maybe was a, was a, the start of dad tired. And, hmm. um, I wasn't trying to start a brand. I wasn't trying to start a ministry. I had been committed to never do a ministry again, but I found myself surrounded by men who wanted to be more like Christ. 
Yeah. And somehow I was at the front of that. Yeah. And, um, and so here we are all these years later and it's, wow. it's my full-time job. And I feel like Jesus tricked me back into ministry. <laughs> well, it's, um, um, well, it's, it's, I appreciate your encouragement and the challenge and, um, mm. uh, and your transparency. And mm. uh, I think, yeah, I value people that are vulnerable and transparent and I appreciate mm. it. Loved your book. Yeah. And, um, I just wanted to ask you, you talked about being spiritual leader of home. Why do you think that men desire that, but we seem to struggle with it at the same time? Does that make sense? You know, we, we want to be the husband or the spiritual leader of our home, but there just seems to be challenges and struggles that is it common amongst most, a lot of men, or is it, what have you, what have you found? Well, it's very, I think it's incredibly common. Any guy that signs up for leadership, uh, most of the times isn't qualified for leadership. (laughs) Anyone who volunteers to be uh, a leader is probably not a good leader, right? Because any good leader knows how hard leadership is. For sure. Uh, And we see that all in the scriptures. Everyone that God calls into leadership, they're all trying to talk their way out of it or trying to talk God out of it. Please don't let me, I don't have the competence to do this. Look at my track record. And God's trying to convince them, no, I'm going to use you despite your imperfections, yeah. right? So anyone that's saying, uh, you know, I want to be a leader is, I don't think they may have, they might not have a good understanding of what leadership <laughs> What you're signing up for. Yeah, exactly. And so you, so you just look at the word leadership by itself. Most guys are like, ah, it's kind of easier to not be the leader. It's just easier to follow. I think I'll just, hmm. you tell me what to do. So hmm. that, that's just the word leadership. Then yeah. you put the word spiritual in it. Yeah. Uh, dude, do you want to be the spiritual leader of your family? Now it's really intense, right? Yeah. Like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't even want to be a leader. And I really don't know if I'm qualified to be a spiritual leader. I don't even right. know my own relationship with the Lord. I feel like I'm stumbling with trying to fo- follow Jesus. How in the world am I supposed to be the spiritual leader of my family? And yeah. so I feel like guys just feel like, yeah, that sounds way too intimidating. I don't even know where to begin. Nobody taught me that. And so, um, you know, I want to, I know that the church tells me I should, or, and I know the Bible is clear. I should be, you know, as the, as the man, I should be leading my family well. And, and yet, um, I don't even know my own relationship with the Lord and where it's at. And I just, I feel way too intimidated to try to lead my family towards a God that I'm still kind of trying to figure out myself. Yeah. How do you encourage men then to, to step into that? The lead, as you so eloquently broke it down into the leadership part and the spiritual part, because you, you do challenge men to do that. Can you just share some, some things that you found that, that help men um, take that, that courageous step? Well, I think steps? the first thing, yeah, yeah. I think the first thing is to recognize um, that your desire to be intimidated by leadership or your, your reaction to be intimidated by leadership is common and Hmm. and what we see throughout the scripture. Hmm. And we see men and women all the time in scripture who are being called by God and Hmm. feel unequipped. That's what I was just talking about. So you're not alone. Any guy who's like, this is scary. That that's very, very normal in the kingdom of God, Hmm. which is why all throughout scripture, you hear God say, do not be afraid. Fear not. Do not be afraid. Fear not. Hmm. In fact, there's over, uh, it's something over like 300 times the scriptures say some version of do not God saying, do not be afraid or fear not, yeah. which is, you know, I, I think God says that so much because he's always calling people into really scary things. Sure. In fact, I would even say to the guy listening, if there's something, um, and, and this is true for men and women, if you, if there's something that is, if you're not scared by something for the glory of God right now, hmm. um, you're, you're probably missing out on something that God's calling you to. 
you're missing hmm. out on another adventure that he has for you and your family and, and your, or maybe as a single person, uh, you're, you're just missing out because God always is calling people into things that are beyond them. And that scares them, which is why he's always following it up with, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Yeah. And so my, my first challenge would be, what are you scared of right now? Uh, in fact, there are a lot of guys, sorry to get, I'm, I just woke up. I know it's evening for you, man. I just woke up. I'm like ready to fly. <laughs> Sounds great, <laughs> got a man. Couple, got a cup of coffee here. Um, you know, but I, there are a lot of guys who are looking for adventure in a lot of, uh, frankly, if I could use, use the word dumb places hmm. um, and, and dangerous places, hmm. their soul for adventure. They hmm. want to be, uh, uh, feel a sense of adrenaline rush. Uh, and I think that's kingdom. I think that was put into us by God. Um, and yet we're turning that desire towards lesser things. Yeah. And so we're looking for it in hobbies, sometimes work, and sometimes really sinful places. Mm. Uh, drugs, alcohol, pornography, bad habits, addictions, all these other places. At the root of all of that is, I just want something. I want to feel up a little bit. I want to feel a sense of adrenaline. I want to get my, you know, I want to, I want to, I want adventure. I want something that's beyond me, something that scares me a little bit. Uh, and, and so my first challenge would be, man, what, what scares you for the glory of God? Like, when's the last time you prayed, God, would you lead me into something that I can't do that I'm totally freaked out about and something that I'm going to need you to show up. And I promise you, when you do that, the other things that you're looking for in adventure in will start to feel really silly. Um, when you recognize that God has a much bigger adventure for you in the kingdom, um, so I, I don't think I even answered your question no, no, a little no, bit. You, no, you, no, you, you, you did. Um, and, um, and so how, what did that practically, you talk about, you just, just shared that um, praying for something that, that scares us and to, and to pray that prayer, but that, that takes courage there even from the beginning to pray that prayer. And um, yeah, practically, is that something you, you just jump into or what does that look like? Well, I, I, I recognize uh, bored men are dangerous men. So if I'm feeling bored, yeah. uh, I'm probably missing out on something that God has for me. Hmm. And so that's the first light that has gone off on the dash of your yeah. soul to let you know, okay, something's going on under the hood. Hmm. So if you feel bored, yeah. just if, for any man that's like, I'm bored, um, ask yourself, am, am I really stepping into the adventure God has for me? Hmm. So that's the first thing. And then if you sense that, if you're like, I, I actually am kind of bored. I'm, this, this feels kind of mundane. I'm just moving yeah. through life. I'm trying to pay bills. I'm just doing the next thing after the next thing. Uh, if that's you, then the next thing to ask yourself is, all right, am I willing to pray and ask God, Lord, would you show me what adventure you have for me that you want to lead for me to lead personally? And then what it would look like for me to lead my family into that adventure if you have a family. Um, and so then, and you're right, it is a scary prayer, um, to say, you know, you know, I always say you see people raise their hands in church, right? You've seen people raise their hands in church. Yes. And that essentially when I, I remember when I was a kid, I was like, what is that? Why do, why do we raise our hands in church? What does that mean? Uh, and it can mean all kinds of things for, you know, lots of different people. But I think ultimately what we're doing is we're just saying, I surrender, right? That's the, this is the ultimate sign of surrender. I put my hands up. I'm not putting up a fight. And when you put your hands up, you could get clocked in the face, right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, it's a very vulnerable position to put your hands up and God might hit you, right? So it's a scary prayer to just say, God, wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to do, I'm willing to step into. Yeah. Um, when I say adventure though, this could be something as small as confessing sin that you have kept in secret for a long time. Hmm. Um, that's a hard adventure to step into. Hmm. That takes a lot of adrenaline. You want to feel your heart race? 
uh, you want to feel your heart yeah. pound a little bit, uh, confess sin. Uh, yeah. That's hard stuff to do. Yeah. Um, and so maybe the first adventure is that. And a lot of guys don't feel close to Jesus because there's unconfessed sin. I mean, I'm just trying to get real practical. No, here. it's awesome. And so you confess sin, you confess sin to your wife or to another brother, you're going to feel your heart rate go up again. But I promise you, you're stepping into the glory of God and the kingdom uh, that you weren't currently experiencing. Yeah. And your soul is going to start feeling refreshed. Hmm. That sense of boredom is going to, you're going to start to see it more in the rear of your mirror as you start to confess in and step into what God has for you. Again, when c- confession comes healing, um, yeah. we already know we get forgiveness, right? We confess yeah. our sins to Christ and there's forgiveness. But James tells us that when we confess our sins to one another, that there's healing. Hmm. And so your soul is going to start to feel that healing happening. And uh, you told me you're a nurse practitioner, you know this, sometimes first comes the pain, right? Yeah. When, I, when I have to deal with the sickness, first comes yeah. the pain, but there's going to be healing. Yeah. Um, and so, man, I feel like I'm going on all kinds of tangents no, here. I'm no, sorry, man. but uh, that, that could be the first practical thing that yeah. a guy does when thinking through adventures. Um, uh, maybe it's just unconfessed. So that's the first thing that came to my mind. No, that's awesome. Awesome. You share in your book, Dad Tired, you talk about obviously fatherhood and that somehow that as men, we seem to get a little bit off track. And, and there's something that is highlighted that challenged me that you say children don't need don't need health, wealth and happiness. They need Jesus. And um, how do we get so off track and pursuing maybe it's sports? And I, I'm an, I love I was an athlete. I'm getting old now, but I love sports myself and, and I love those things. But how do we get so off track when it comes to the spiritual and eternal things that we seem to lose focus and we seem to drift? Is that a, is that once again, this lack of courage and the lack of desire to step in or? Yeah, just it's interesting yeah. to hear your thoughts. It's funny that you say you're. You're getting old. It used to be an athlete. I uh, I coached my son's fourth grade soccer team, and l- last night I was trying to run around with them like I was still, you know, in my teens and twenties. And today, literally, <laughs> I was like stretching, you know, right before we jumped on this call because I'm so sore. Yeah. Um, getting way too old for this. Um, you know, I think we get off track. You know what's so interesting is that Jesus. The only time Jesus compared himself to to something else, uh, he was talking about money. Hmm. Um, you can't worship both me and money. He never said that about anything else. You can't worship yeah. both me and hobbies. You can't worship both me and food. Right. Uh, there's a million other things, but he said money. Yeah. Um, and I think he knew, I mean, I know he knew that uh, money is the most convi- the the only other thing that convinces us most that it's a good God. There's mm-hmm. a lot of things trying to convince us that, that it's a good God. Yeah. But money has a particular way of convincing us it's a good God. Well, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. And, um, and so when you think through why, why do I get off track? Well, uh, because man, that is a really convincing God for us. It, it mm. will tell us, I will give you security. Mm. I will give you hope. I will give you identity. These are all things that Jesus promised he would do. Right. And money is trying to make those same promises. Yeah. And so, and then, so if that's the goal, then you think through what are all the things that are going to help me get to that goal? Yeah. Um, and, and so that's why, you know, when I say I want my kids to love Jesus, for sure I do want them right. to love Jesus. But also, I think subconsciously, I want them to be successful. Hmm. And so what does it look like for them for to, them to be successful? I need them to be healthy. Hmm. I need them to be, uh, I think uh, more money will make them more happy. These are all lies that I'm believing. And so hmm. I'm going to subtly inject them into my kids. Uh, I need you to work really hard at school or be really good at sports so that you can be successful, so that you can be happy. Hmm. And what's fascinating is when you look at Matthew five, though, by the way, those are all things that we would say are blessings, right? Yeah. If, if my kids get a good job 
and they have a nice house and they're healthy, I would say my kids are blessed. Yeah. Those, that's how I would define blessing. But then you look at Matthew 5 and Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Hmm. Blessed are those who mourn. Hmm. Blessed are those who are meek. Right. So these are all words that we would never, <laughs> if you search the hashtag blessed, yeah. uh, you're not going to find people <laughs> who are mourning, right? And who are meek and humble. Um, and yet Jesus, this is what Jesus says are blessings. Yeah. And so when I think through, okay, as a dad, do I want my kids to be blessed? Hmm. I think I have to redefine as a follower of Jesus, what my definition of blessing is. And if I want them to be blessed by worldly standards, then I'm probably going to chase after, man, I need them to get really good grades and be the best on their sports team or their dance team or whatever. And I want them to get into college and have a good job. Those are all kind of worldly blessings. Or do I want them to love and know Jesus? Mm. Um, Then my, my definition of blessing, it has to change. Yeah. Um, Which by the way, I think the reason Jesus, why is it a blessing to mourn? I think it's a blessing to mourn because you are more desperate for Jesus than the person who's not mourning. Hmm. Uh, you, you and I both know, and you're in, uh, you're in Nairobi right now, right? And so you yeah. see things maybe that I'm not seeing on a daily basis, but you may see people who are desperate, right? Who are, who are hurting and who are hmm. longing. I know there are a lot of people who are on the mission field listening to this podcast. You see people who are desperately longing for basic needs sometimes. Yeah. And those people worship and pray differently than I will probably worship and pray today. Hmm. Right. And so they need Jesus to show up in their lives in a way that I might not. And as a result, Jesus would actually say, they're the blessed ones. Hmm. They're the ones who are experiencing Christ in, in deeper ways. Yeah. And that's what I want for my kids to experience Christ in a deep, deep way. Yeah. No, that's good. You know, that's one thing we've seen even in COVID um, living. We obviously we were in Madagascar and then, and then here in Nairobi, much, much of the Western world, we've mitigated all the risk, a lot of risks out of our life. You know what I mean? So we've mitigated. And so it's, we seemingly have this control and built in that we live in a bubble and we can control a lot of things, but it's been, it's been valuable for us to, to see our African brothers and sisters as they, in this time of COVID, um, you know, it's, they can't mitigate all the risk out of their life. They have a high dependence on God and they, their trust in Jesus. And just to see the difference, how they've processed and went through this time of COVID um, has been different than, than I would, as an American, I would say, as I, I have seen my American brothers and sisters process it. And um, it's been challenging to me um, to see that, you know, I don't really, I'm not really as in control as I think I am. And um, that my prayers need to be uh, more like my African brothers and sisters in Christ and their love and dependence on him each and every day and not just when there's a crisis. So yeah. it's a, definitely been a challenging time. That's a real world uh, example of what I was just trying to say. I appreciate yeah. you sharing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really helpful. You know, one, a, a very powerful emotion is, is shame. And um, I think that in my experience, that does keep men from stepping up into that spiritual role leadership. Maybe it's shame from what they did before they knew Christ. Maybe it's shame from, you know, falling into temptation and feeling shame that I can't step up and be the spiritual leader in my home because of what I've done. How to, what advice do you have that that someone, a man listening in today and say, you know, I struggle with shame and um, I just don't know how I can get walked through that to be the spiritual leader in my home because of the shame of my past. Yeah. 
Well, I, I think a, a lot of guys aren't stepping into their role as the spiritual leader for two reasons. One is they are ignorant, uh, meaning they just don't know. That was min- a lot of my story. Uh, I didn't have a dad around teaching me what a lot of us had dads around, uh, but their dad didn't teach us what it looked like to be the spiritual leader mm. or you didn't have a dad around. Hmm. And so you just didn't, you don't, you don't even know what that would look like. And yeah. So for me, I didn't, my dad left when I was three. So there was no man teaching me, here's what spiritual leadership looks like. Yeah. And frankly, even though my dad left, that's, that's a, that's a lot of guys stories. Even if your yeah. dad was around, he might've been a great dad provided, loved yeah. you all that, but he didn't teach you. Here's what spirit, spiritual leadership looks like in your hmm. family. And so there, there's ignorance. We just don't yeah. know. Like, I, I just don't know what to do. Um, but then there's also the second component, which I think is what you're saying, shame. Um, I don't know if I'm ready to lead my family to Jesus because I f- still feel a deep sense of I'm not really that close to Jesus right mm. now. And I'm not that close to Jesus because I've got my own sin and shame that I'm still trying to deal with. Yeah. Um, and so for the guy who's in that second category, especially who's, who's feeling that deep sense of shame, um, and they they know it even right now as I'm talking, shame yeah. is so powerful and, and they can sense it even as I'm, as I'm talking. Um, I just want to remind you who the God of the Bible is. Hmm. Um, shame comes from, um, God probably wouldn't want to be around me, yeah. which is what Adam and Eve did in the garden, right? Yeah. Uh, they sin and then they hide. Yeah. The same thought went through their mind. God probably wouldn't want to be around me, um, or doesn't want to be around me anymore. They used to walk with God in the Mm. garden, right? It was a, it was a normal thing for them to just be in communion with God. And then they sin and their first reaction is to hide, which is so fascinating. Who taught them how to hide, right? Um, But it's, it's in inside of them just to hide from God. And the, and the thought is God probably doesn't want to be around me. Hmm. And that, that's a works based uh, theology. Yeah. If, if I get my stuff together, God will want to be around me. He likes me. He's more proud of me. Hmm. If I don't have my stuff together, he doesn't probably like me as much. And we know this, man, is as church like leaders and people in the church, we know that's not true, but we live like it is true. Yeah. That's and and if I get my word. stuff together, he probably God good is word. is more happy with me and he'll really want to be around me. And that's just, man, it's not the God of Bible. And th- I can say that as like, you know, let me just give you a fluffy encouragement or I, like it's it's the truth of the scriptures. You don't have yeah. to take my, <laughs> my you don't have to say what I say. It's the truth of the scriptures cuz you think about that day I say it's arguably the worst day in human history. Hmm. God created everything exactly as it was designed to be. It was perfect. Relationship between man and woman, perfect relationship between humans and God, perfect. Everything's exactly as it was designed to be. And in one decision, it all starts to unravel from the micro to the microscopic, or macro to the microscopic, right? Hmm. Everything's falling apart. It's the worst day in human history, arguably. What is God doing? Scripture say in Genesis 3, God is taking a walk in the cool of the day. This mm. is just after they sinned. Worst yeah. day in human history. You, <laughs> you can probably hear my kids screaming in the background. I've been listening to them. I don't know if it's coming through on the mic, but I can hear my kids screaming in the background. Okay. They're all having breakfast and being crazy out there. Uh, they have a bad day, right? They go, they spill the milk or yell at each other, whatever. What, what you often will see me doing if you pop into my house is me getting frustrated and short and maybe yelling at them and telling them to get it together and all this stuff, right? That's not even that bad of a day. And you see kind of my worst come out, right? God sees his children at the absolute worst. They've just turned their back on him. And what is God doing? He's not doing what I'm doing. He's Mm. not shouting. He's not Mm. yelling. He's not stomping his feet. He's not, he's got a scowl on his face. God is taking a walk 
in wow. the garden on the cool in the cool of the day. And then wow. his next words are, "Where are you?" Right? He's pursuing yeah. his children in the midst of the mess, worst day of human history. So I, I could go on and on about that. And from Genesis to Reve- Revelation, that's God's reputation. He's yeah. always like that. Yeah. Always in scripture, that's how God is. That's his reputation. Jesus is like that. That's his reputation that we see when he's here on earth. Um, and so all of that to say, man, for the man who's feeling deep shame, just be reminded this is who God is on your worst day. Hmm. He can handle your mess. Hmm. If he can handle the worst day in human history, taking a walk and asking, where are you? I promise you in the middle of your mess, which feels like the worst sin, the worst of you or the lowest of lowest, God would be pursuing you right now, taking hmm. a walk next to you and saying, where are you? I want to be near you again. Wow. Wow. Phenomenal word. And, uh, Phenomenal word. You you also write about stumbling forward rather than being caught in this state of paralysis or inaction. And um, in my experience as being a husband, being a father, I think the comfort is in that paralysis of inaction. And uh, can you just share a little bit about stumbling forward? Yeah. Uh, well, I start in the in the chapter you're referring to. I start that chapter by telling a story where my wife we we had a pancake breakfast and we ran out of syrup, yeah. and so my wife ran just just down the street to get some syrup uh, at Target, and she's gone for way too long. You know, it should have been a thirty second trip, and she's gone forever. And so I call her. I'm like, "Babe, what's going on? Are you okay?" And she said, yeah, I'm just standing on the syrup aisle. I don't know which one to get. There's so many to choose from. <laughs> she was paralyzed <laughs> by not knowing where to begin. And I'm like, it does literally grab anyone. Anyone <laughs> is going to be fine. Any single one, just grab it and come home. We're starving here. Pancakes are cold. And uh, and so for the dad who's listening, he's like, I don't even know where to begin. Do I need to listen to more Caleb? Do I need to read more devotionals? What books do I read? Which good? What Which devotionals are good for my kids? You know, what music do I need? I mean, just like, I don't, where do I even begin? I would just say, grab anyone like, and and I don't mean like grab any devotional. I mean, just do anything, just start somewhere, just start Mm -hmm. doing something. That's what I mean by stumbling your way forward. Um, and man, you're gonna, you're gonna, it's going to be a mess, right? When you start practicing spiritual leadership, what I always say is think less in terms of 30 minute devotionals, family devotionals. That's usually Mm -hmm. where guys go. I want to be the spiritual leader of my home. So we're going to have a 30 minute or 15 minute devotional every night before bed. Yeah. You probably won't realistically. And it's probably (laughs) going to be a mess, right? You sit down with your kids and you feel like you're trying to finally start to step into this role your kids are making, you know, <laughs> fart noises or running around and they're doing crazy thing. They're not listening. And then you're just like, this is too hard. I can't do this every day. Uh, the good news is that's not really how Jesus discipled his disciples, right? He wasn't saying, all right, meet me for 30 minutes a day. We're going to study the scriptures and then we'll go back to normal life. Instead, he was using normal life, quote, quote unquote, normal life to yeah. just teach them. So it was less 30 second or 30 minute devotionals and more 30 second teaching mm. moments. Hmm. And so just think through how many 30 second teaching moments can I give to my kids in a day? Wow. Just try that. Yeah. And, and, and as many, so sometimes we're just driving like last night we, I was literally, I'm looking at my window right now. I was walking, I was picking up my kids from the park. They went across the street to the park to ride their bikes with some friends. We were walking back from the park and the sunset was just incredible. Hmm. I just literally brought my seven-year-old daughter into my arm. And as we we're walking, I said, man, look how creative God is. Hmm. That was like a three second devotional, yeah. right? But all I'm doing is turning her little eyes back to the things of God. That's and you good. do that as many times as you can. Uh, he didn't share this with me. Well, 
God shares our, I don't want to share. Well, God shares everything with us. This mm-hmm. is all his and he's given it all to us for, for our pleasure. We can share all of our stuff, yeah. right? So just 30 second devotionals, as many times as I can get during the day. I, I think that'll help guys feel less paralyzed by like, what devotional, what thing do I need to do? Yeah. Just as many times as you can point your kids to Jesus in this real short amount of time, I promise you, you're going to start stumbling your way forward. That's excellent. That's excellent. I was reading the, your book again the other night in preparation for this, and um, I was laughing in bed. And my wife's like, "What? I, what are you reading the book and laughing?" The story about you going to—I uh, think you go to the school, and then there, there's a pizza party and cupcakes, <laughs> yeah. and then you're in the back. I said yes. I, it, it was just quite hilarious. So you're you're a phenomenal writer, and oh, uh, and you. those type stories, man. Just uh, and then those—I forget those was another one. And she's like, well, I, "I'm not used to you reading books." And and, and chuckling like you're chuckling <laughs> it's just anyway oh, thanks, put a smile on my face uh um, as, as a dad i think we've all had d- instances where we yes. yeah you just realize wow i'm in the wrong yeah. place at the wrong time and oh, yeah. wrong situation oh, yeah. so good yeah. stuff good stuff one last question i've taken more time than i've asked what when you look to the future uh, what are you encouraged about when it comes to men um, and, and spiritual leadership? And um, as we look forward, there's so much, I believe there's so much negativity out there that men are men are going the wrong way. Men can't do it. And it's portrayed in the media. But but for you, what are you are you excited about some things as you look to the future? Yeah, I, don't, I um, you know, my perspective, I, I get to do this full time and get yeah. to hang out with guys full time and travel the country and even the world uh, when COVID's not, you know, paralyzing our, our, <laughs> our world um, and just get to spend a lot of time with men. And I'm actually encouraged by, hmm. by a lot of the men who are trying to step up as to be the kind of dad that I think God's calling them to be and husband that God's calling them to be. You know, if I go to the park right now, almost anywhere, you're going to see dads going down the slide with their kids wow. and pushing them on swings. And I think that's a result of, so my generation, we didn't have, our dads didn't go to the park with us, right? Yeah. Their idea, I think for our dads and our dad's dads, our grand, yeah. our granddads, uh, what we saw was, I'm going to stick around. The way that I provide for my family is that I'm here. I didn't yeah. leave yeah. and I'm, and I'm making money to make sure that mm. you guys got food on the table and a roof over your head. Right. So yeah. I'm doing my job as a dad. Yeah. And, and we got a lot of hardworking men that, you know, that went before us that did that. And I'm grateful for that. But what happened was there's a lot of guys my age or around my age that were like, you know what? Thank you, dad, for that. If your dad stuck around, like you should just thank him. That's a big yeah. deal. A lot of dads didn't stick around. So if your dad stuck around, it's a big deal. But I think a lot of us were like, I, I, dad, I appreciate you sticking around, but my, I actually needed more as mm. a human, as a man, I needed more than just your money. Yeah. I, what I could have used is you, yeah. like a guide that went before me and said, here's how you do this life. Mm. Here's what it looks like to stumble and to fail and to repent and to hmm. say sorry, like all these other, like there's deeply emotional things that we weren't taught. And I think hmm. subconsciously we know that. And as a result, now you have a lot of dads who are like, I'm going to, I'm going to be more involved with my kids than hmm. maybe my dad was or my grandpa would have been yeah. for me. And so you see dads pushing kids on swings and sliding down slides and doing dishes and changing diapers and cooking meals, right? You see a lot of really, really engaged dads. That's encouraging to me because they're trying. Dads are trying to be what they didn't have. Mm. Um, But most guys still still feel um, I'm engaged, but I don't know how to be the spiritual leader. They don't know how how to make that switch. And so I'm encouraged that guys are more engaged than they've ever been. 
Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm trying my best to figure out, okay, how can I just give guys as much practical ways because they're already there. They're showing up, they're showing up physically, emotionally, spiritually, they're doing all that stuff. And then just how can we give them a few more tips that would help them point their family to Jesus as often as they can. But man, um, I, I think there are more and more dads showing up and being more engaged than there have been in the past. And that's a good thing. Uh, yes. Communities change, families change, countries change when men stay engaged. How can someone listening in get in touch with your resources or follow you on social media? Or I'll put the link to your podcast and uh, in your book, definitely in the show notes. But how would they get in touch with some of your other resources? Yeah, thank you. Um, if you just punch in dad tired, those words kind of anywhere where you want to consume content, I, we come up, I think we're the only ones that have that name. So yeah. if, if we have things on Facebook, if you did that or Instagram a podcast, dad tired, yeah. Amazon, some books, if you search dad tired, but anywhere you just search dad tired, you'll, you'll probably find some you. content. Yeah. Phenomenal marketing dad tired, man. That is uh that was, that was excellent. <laughs> that was an accident, man. I wasn't trying to start a brand. Uh, Facebook <laughs> said, what do you want to call this group? I was trying to channel guys into yeah. a group and I just said, dad tired. <laughs> uh, I worked out. So, awesome. Yeah. Will you pray for us today? Yeah, absolutely. Jesus, uh, man, thinking about the, both the men and the women listening right now, um, who are trying their best to be the parents, um, that they want to be to their children. I feel like a lot of us as parents feel like we're constantly falling short and we've always got something tucked in the back of our brain. Am I doing enough? Am I messing my kids up? Am I doing enough to point them to Jesus? Am I being the kind of Christian parent that I wanted to be? God, I just pray that by your Holy Spirit, you would remind them that the fact that they're even asking those questions is evidence that you're already pursuing their children's hearts. Um, you are chasing down our kids. And Lord, we're reminded that you could use rocks and trees to save our kids if you wanted. Um, but instead, you're inviting us to be part of their redemption story. And so, Lord, I pray that every parent listening would just feel a sense of rest right now, that their children are deeply loved by you. And even in this moment, being pursued by you. And we as their parents just get to tag along with you as you're redeeming their hearts. I pray for the man that's struggling with shame right now. God, would you give him the courage to step in the adventure? Maybe the very first adventure that he steps into is repentance. And as he does that, his soul would find healing. And as his soul starts to find healing, Lord, you would invite him into bigger and bigger adventures that lights his soul on fire for you. And then, God, that he wouldn't even be thinking about strategies on how to lead his family well. God, it would just come naturally. It would be contagious as he loves you so much and is experiencing you so much. He can't help but lead his family well. That's my prayer for the men listening. We love you, God, and it's because you first chased us down and you loved us first. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.